Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fuel Better podcast. I am your host, as always, Evan Lynch, and um, back with a bit of a bang here. I'm on a bit of a bulk recording session in my makeshift studio here in Clonmel County, Tipperary. Reason being, I actually have COVID, so I now I actually have time to record all of the episodes and all of the things that I'd be putting on the very, very long finger. So for any of my loyal listeners and for any of the people who've been asking me to release more content, you're in luck. There's plenty in the pipelines. So just some general housekeeping before we get into today's episode, which is going to look at supplement guidelines and supplements and your risk of doping. So we're going to look at WADA guidelines as well. It'll be a really interesting and useful podcast episode for most of you um, because you can get drug tested at pretty much every level of sport. But not only that, supplementation contaminants um, or supplement contaminants even can actually have a pretty harmful effect on your health. And there have been documented cases where there are things like arsenic found in nutritional supplements and you don't have to be a genius or a chemist or a dietitian to know that arsenic is pretty bad for you. Anyways, the general housekeeping here, I am slowing down the amount of clients I'm taking on this summer. So the online nutrition coaching program is going to see a temporary shutdown because we're having a baby uh, at the end of June, start of July, not too sure on the exact day yet. So my priorities will be elsewhere. However, the online consultation clinic, which is open to everybody worldwide for any problems ranging from sports nutrition, gastric, diabetes, cardiometabolic, weight loss, food relationships, or simply looking to learn, you name it, we can cover it there. That's open all year round. And yeah. Just keep an eye out for, I suppose, announcement on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And as always, if you find today's episode useful, helpful, or at least informative, please uh, tell a friend, give it a share, maybe subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when I drop more episodes. Okay, without further ado, let's get into today's show. I thought to kick us off with this episode that it would probably be useful to maybe set the stage and the tone initially and look at some statistics. 
So I love statistics. Numbers are great. It helps us visualize concepts that we might otherwise not be able to. And here's the deal. It is estimated that just under 1 in 10 doping cases, so athletes being banned from sport permanently or temporarily due to consuming prohibited substances, or just under 1 in 10 occur as a result of contaminated nutritional products. That's insane. And most national governing bodies and definitely WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, they do not take pity on inadvertent doping violations. So that old um, business adage, caveat emptor, buyer beware, is very much the case here. And um, pretty much the whole flavor of this is it's your responsibility to make sure that what you put in your mouth, if you are an athlete anyways, is safe and does not contain any prohibited substances. And you have to do your due diligence and your research. And likewise for any healthcare professionals like myself, for people working professionally in the sports nutrition world, we have to also be very careful of that. If we recommend a supplement, um, the person who suggests it in a professional capacity, also equally liable for sanctions and possibly legal action. So got to be really, really careful with this. So just under one in 10, and that's a, that's a statistic in research um, that, that I've uncovered just whilst I read up on this topic. But at a more local level, Sport Ireland has done some surveys with the athletes who engage with their services. And it's not a surprise, but the vast majority of the athletes do actually use supplements. But a key statistic from Sport Ireland, and this was drawn from some other research papers, it was in relation to the suspected contamination rate of commercially available supplements found here in the European Union. And hold on tight to your chair there, because the contamination rate is actually somewhere between 10 and 25%. So statistically speaking, if you Google nutrition supplements or you walk down the high street, somewhere between 10 and 25% of those supplements that you're looking at are possibly contaminated. So maybe it's not a surprise that 1 in 10 or almost 1 in 10 positive doping cases are as a result of inadvertent consumption. So, you know, there's knowing that at the start that that's the race that's that's the amount that's what we're exposed to at a consumer level you and i potentially there are ways we can safeguard ourselves which i will go into a little bit later on in the podcast episode but before we move on i just thought it might be helpful to point out what a prohibited substance actually is so it has to meet two of the three criteria. And the criteria are as follows. Number one, very obviously, it has the potential to enhance sports performance. So that's something like caffeine can do that. Carbohydrates can do that. Being hydrated can do that. But the difference here is 
caffeine, carbohydrates and water are things that most people can get most of the time. So it's it's pretty level playing field, the part of our natural habitual diet. They don't represent synthetic compounds that exhibit or elicit super physiological effects, otherwise not normally achievable by normal healthy diets and lifestyles. That's number one. It actually has to enhance your performance. And then the second element there is if it has a possible negative potential effect on your health that is considered the second strike so this is something that a lot of people don't really think about you know we we've become so obsessed with the image the end goal the result and i see this with weight loss all the time just to deviate here for a minute people just want to lose weight they don't necessarily care or think about how they do it as long as we hit the goal that's the that's the biggest thing that's one way of thinking but if you take that same rationale when it comes to nutritional supplements you might run into a problem let's take into account something like erythropoietin epo your kidneys make epo naturally and what epo does it stimulates red blood cell production erythropoiesis and that can enhance hemoglobin levels, which can enhance oxygen transport. So EPO is, or at least was, one of the drugs of choice for pretty much most endurance athletes. Um, Rhythropoietin will raise your hematocrit level. So hematocrit is a measure of the thickness of your blood. And if you have a hematocrit that borders or touches over 50 you've got, in a sense, very thick blood. So you might actually be a higher risk for a stroke, a blood clot, deep vein thrombosis, myocardial infarction, something like that. Um, Because your blood is so sticky, because you've got so much red blood cells in there, more than normal, it can harm you. So that that's one way that erythropoietin or EPO can both enhance performance, but have fairly hefty negative physiological side effects which is why it's a banned substance then we might look at something like steroids which are pretty common pretty ubiquitous supplement there's a good chance you and i probably know someone personally who uses steroids for example if you've ever had a very severe infection you would have been given steroids If you have some form of intestinal bowel disease, you're frequently given corticosteroids. But what people will do in gym or sporting settings is they will take steroids. They might not necessarily make sure it's from a trusted source. They'll not consult their GP about it. And they will get big muscles, but they'll also get a lot of other undue side effects. uh, Hormonal problems, really bad skin issues, mental health issues rage issues it can damage your liver it can also increase your risk of certain forms of cancer and having gynecomastia so it's not it's not necessarily without peril and that's the second part of the you know what makes it a banned substance if it has a negative impact on your health the third element of what makes something a banned substance is if it infringes on the 
I suppose, the nature or the spirit of sport. So if it's something that denotes an unfair advantage that will clearly put you streets ahead or that no one else can get or it's not easily or legally available and you do it, that's clearly not in the spirit of sport. So off the top of my head, I don't have a specific example, but taking taking a banned substance in general or trying to find a new molecule or a new method like blood doping for example it's not something you take it's not something that's really even easy to spot but it's just inherently wrong and the people who do it are very much cheating the people who they are competing with so it does impact on the spirit of sport and it is a banned uh, it's not a banned substance but it's a banned method but those are the those are the general gists for the vast majority of the time if you're taking something that will enhance your sports performance that is illegal or will impact your health or will give you a major benefit over your counterparts automatically that impacts and infringes on the spirit of sport sport for me means trying your best it means testing your limits and it means showing up it's more of a character i suppose character test challenge and building exercise than it is competing and trying to beat your fellow man sport brings out the best in us when we allow it to so that's banned substances i think it would be important for this talk as well to delineate a key difference there are nutritional supplements and there are ergogenic aids so you might have heard me say ergogenic aid before and that's basically just a subcategory of supplements that are specific to their effect in sports performance for example caffeine or it's a type of trimethylamine found in coffee tea coke chocolate even for example that has anti-fatigue effects and it can do some glycogen sparing and it can increase your focus Caffeine, when taken in doses of 3 to 6 milligrams per kg of body weight in a relatively short space of time or a short space of time, it can exert a pretty positive effect on focus, on cognitive ability, on time to fatigue, on your rate of perceived exertion. And yeah, it's, it's clearly enhancing your performance. Is it a banned substance? No, because coffee is the most widely consumed legal drug in the world. Or caffeine is the most widely consumed legal drug in the world. So it's not a banned substance, but it is an ergogenic aid. So that's that's one that's one section. And then we look at dietary supplements or nutritional supplements, which are powder, pale, or effervescent forms, usually of things we find in our diet, like iron, B vitamins, omega-3s, etc. In nutritional supplements. There's also one other kind of further delineation that we can make. And there are, I suppose, pharma-grade nutritional supplements that treat things like osteoporosis. So you've got your Calci-Chew, you've got your Alta Vita. Um, if you're looking at iron deficiency or anemia, things like Galfer or Ferrograd C, those are pharmaceutical-grade options there. Whereas you can go into most supermarkets and get an own brand version of a vitamin C and zinc effervescent, which wouldn't be the same pharmaceutical grade. 
So for the most part, things like your pharma grade products, you're not going to find that on the informed sport list of approved products because it's just assumed for the most part that those are fine. Those are tested and held to a high degree of rigor anyways. And if you don't know what informed sport is, don't worry, I haven't actually mentioned it yet. I'm going to cover that in a couple of minutes. But just to just to outline, we've gone through banned substances and what they are and why they are banned. We've gone through the difference between ergogenic aids, nutritional supplements, and we've broken that down further into more so your pharmaceutical grade nutritional supplements and your commercially available or just over the counter, no prescription or medical. Uh. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, cause required. So that's, that's the setting for this um, podcast. So let's actually get into some of the weeds on this. Okay, so... Now that we know kind of what we're dealing with here and what uh, what the rate of contamination is, what we can expect to see, it might be useful to look at some numbers and facts around how we engage with supplements and what we know about them. So for, let's say, knowledge purposes, research done in athletes of all levels from all over the world in various sports, when you test their knowledge in terms of sports nutrition, it's very, very poor, particularly when it comes to supplements and micronutrients. So from the offset, athletes are at a distinct disadvantage because they don't necessarily know an awful lot about the supplements that they're actually using for the most part. And about two in five people get their supplementation advice from a coach, from a role model, from a fellow athlete who might not necessarily be a reliable source or even a knowledgeable source. So that that can be one element of hazard there where, you know, the, the information sources are possibly not the best. Then if we look at the fact that the most contaminated supplements tend to be either weight loss supplements or muscle building supplements and in the weight loss supplements what we tend to get are ephedrines or amphetamines 
and in your muscle building they tend to be contaminated with steroid or anabolic precursors i say this because those are the two most common commonly sought after effects in the sporting world and whey proteins creatines fat burners um these items are amongst the most commonly used products in athletic circles so it is it is important that we are possibly picking better sources i guess and making sure that the the items we use are indeed safe and how do we do that so pretty much if a supplement is required and that's a big if and I'll, I'll come back to that but if a supplement is required an athlete has an onus or the professional working with the athlete has an onus to make sure that this supplement is not going to cause us problems and that we do our due diligence the easiest way to do that is to make sure that the product is batch tested so that's really easy to do. And what, what is batch testing? So batch testing refers to the fact that supplements tend to be made in bulk in factory settings. And that's a batch. And the batch gets bottled, capsuled, uh, sealed off, sent out across the world. And you can get your batches sampled. And most companies do this, or at least there are a select few who do this. And that batch testing basically means that if you know the batch number, you can look it up on informed sport, you can use it on your computer, or you can get it on your mobile phone. You can get a certificate for that supplement that shows this is batch tested. You have laboratory confirmation that the supplement you are taking at that point in time does not have any contaminants in it. See, that's one way to go about it. For, for a pretty safe bet, if you go onto the Informed Sport website or get that app on your phone, if you're looking at a supplement and thinking, you know what, this could actually be a useful thing for me, you can look it up on their database. They have a whole database there, or you can cross-reference it with a list. So there's a list of approved supplements on Informed Sport that are batch tested and that, that you can be pretty sure they're not going to cause you a positive doping violation. And they're also not going to be contaminated with anything nasty that's going to cause you any untoward health problems. So that's Informed Sport. That's really, really important. That is the main thing that you need to do if you're going to take a supplement. The app is free. Just to reiterate, this is free and it's publicly available information. Odds are your favorite brands are actually already approved by Informed Sport. But you need to make sure that that is the case because it has been noted that there are supplement brands out there that proudly display that they're approved by informed sport when in fact they are not so fraudulent um, informed sport labeling is rampant and it's up to you to make sure that you're not taking some of those supplements in ireland some of the key brands that are 
uh, batch tested and informed sport proved would be Kinetica, My Protein, and Revive Active, Bulk Powders, Martin, and Science and Support or SIS. Those are also all um, covered and backed by informed sports. Just FYI. So they tend to be pretty safe bets. That's not in a uh, kind of a total list. There are many, many more brands. Just off the top of my head, those are the ones that I could recollect. And those are the ones that I typically will shuttle people towards. So that's how we stay safe with supplements. Unless it's something that's been given to you by a doctor. There is another, I suppose, slightly more medical aspect to this. That's your therapeutic usage exemption. It's a little bit outside the scope of a dietitian to talk about that. But basically, something like an inhaler or if you take um, L-troxin or anything like that, that can have performance enhancing effects. If you have a medical reason, then you can get that TUE and that is that is something that you would have to discuss with a GP sports physician and probably get permission from your national governing body if that's something that you want to do. But to go back to diet, as this is the Fuel Better podcast and we focus on the food and nutrition side of things, let's rewind all the way back. You're on your couch at night, you've had a bad session, you heard one of your friends say, but well, you know what? Uh, a vitamin c supplement will sort you right out that's what my friend's aunt's neighbor told me was the fix here or you could be in the gym struggling to push weights thinking do you know what i need to get myself a mass gainer you have to take a big big step back and ask yourself do i need a supplement here and there's actually a way we think about this and there's a way we can look at this whole question in the first place we have to start with a dietary assessment. So that's the first thing. A dietary assessment basically looks at your requirements, calories, proteins, fats, micronutrients, fluids, etc. And basically charts that against your intake to see if there are discrepancies or if there are potential deficits. So sometimes blood tests go an awful long ways here. For example, with an iron supplement, if you're thinking about taking an iron supplement, and that's in a previous podcast episode, you better be damn sure your ferritin levels are below 35 or your hemoglobin is on the floor if you're planning on taking an iron supplement because otherwise it's not actually going to help you and it only has downside. Likewise, something like a vitamin D supplement, it doesn't necessarily help unless you have a vitamin D deficiency. So... You know, you can take it if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, Ireland in particular, through the months of Mar- October to March. But if you're taking it outside of that, you probably should check your vitamin D status as it can accumulate in your liver. Um, so having a basis, having a reason, am I missing something from my diet? Is there a deficiency that has been identified in a blood test? If so, then you have to ask yourself, well, you know what, my zinc intake is too low do i need to take a supplement to that which will typically be somewhere between 20 and 25 megs a day which is for most people twice as much as they need or could i just throw a little bit of wheat germ into my porridge in the morning have a couple of pumpkin seeds and maybe have salmon once or twice a week and would that fix my problems 
that might be a better way to do it generally this is called a food first approach and it's pretty intuitive if you are thinking about a supplement or you're thinking about a supplementation strategy if the let's say the compound in mind can be met with normal whole food or normal diet alone or even fortified foods like your fortified milk cereals etc if that can be how you cover that requirement or tick that box then that is the way to do it if you cannot rectify the issue with dietary changes alone then we consider a supplement but we have to then look at what kind of supplement where are you getting it who are you getting it from is it batch tested or is it approved by informed sport if it's not you need to pick a different pick a different option and basically just stay inside and play within those lines that's that's basically it you do a dietary assessment you don't just supplement because and a lot of people athletes in particular i don't know how to how to describe this other than they always need to be actively making progress they can never just do the training just live that life and just just kind of get on with it there has to be an extra thing there has to be another method there has to be an extra percent um we have to you know take all the supplements we have to try all of the things taking b vitamins or vitamin c to the tune of a thousand percent of your rda has no bearing on your performance in some cases taking a supplement when it actually isn't necessary if we just forget about the whole doping and clean sports side of it for a minute that can actually have harmful effects so very high intakes of things like manganese or your zincs or your coppers can have pretty devastating effects on your liver and your cognitive function getting very very high intakes of vitamin c vitamin a vitamin e they can accumulate in your liver and cause hypervitaminosis from a performance perspective as well high dose antioxidants peri-workout can take away from some exercise induced adaptations and inhibit your rate of progress which is something people tend not to be aware of so guys that's that's pretty much supplements in a 30 minute nutshell basically what it boils down to is this if you're thinking of taking a supplement stop just because it has a flashy label and someone else does it and swears by it and they definitely swear by it and you can use their discount code in the bio to get it doesn't mean it's going to help you if you're considering a supplement or you think god there are holes in my diet addressing let's say really low energy levels or a lack of menstrual cycle or an inability to build muscle despite doing all the training and i've stolen this quote from colleague dr josh williamson because it was an excellent way of putting it it's like putting a plaster over a bullet wound you're covering up the issue but you're not really dealing with it so it's kind of symptomatic relief at times um so really think what are you trying to achieve with this supplement is it a long-term solution does it really fix the problem is there a better alternative could i do this with diet alone and 
if you've gone through all that rigmarole and maybe you've spoken to a dietitian or a saying or accredited sports nutritionist or a sports physician or something like that and you still think right supplementation is the way to go make sure that what you're taking is pharma grade something that a doctor could prescribe to you or a pharmacist could stand behind and make sure it's governed by informed sport there's a strict liability rule here remember whatever you put into your mouth is your problem if you fail a dope test no one will necessarily be too lenient they might feel sorry for you and they might say yeah it's awful and i personally have heard of stories of people having tainted whey protein that they've gotten in supermarkets leading to positive tests and destroying careers it's unfortunate but it's it's the rules you know strict liability do your due diligence okay guys that's that's actually all for today i like to keep these episodes around half an hour so we're touching on 32 minutes right about now i hope you enjoyed the episode found it somewhat useful it might be of help or of benefit to go back and listen to some of the episodes on iron and you might find some benefit in listening to the marathon nutrition podcast if you're an endurance athlete most of my clientele here and the listener base are endurance athletes so it does go through some supplementation requirements relevant to you guys in both of those episodes but for now that's it thank you so much for listening if you like this episode you found it useful please let me know drop a review subscribe to the podcast share it tell a friend you know the deal Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.